Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good evening. Welcome to uh, the, full, the first full-fledged weekend of college football. I know that uh, Cal played Hawaii last year in Australia. Sydney, Australia to be exact. Beautiful place, by the way, but we don't really count that since uh, that's not the first real, real part of the first full season of college football. But at any rate, uh, well, welcome. My name is Scott Burks. We Clown Time Sports Blog. That's Constable of Academy, and this is the Clown Hour. You can find me on the web at www.theclowntimes.net. And you can find me on Facebook. Uh, been having some fun this evening with this uh, first Thursday, if you will, the of the, of the first. And, um, yeah, Tennessee is not looking good. Way to live up to expectations again, by the way. But anyway, um, just check that out. Another acts of time forward on my Facebook page. Just do a type in the upper left hand corner window there. The clouds have find me there as well. Well normally uh we'll be talking uh, we're actually previewing the twenty sixteen college football preview uh you know the season. And uh, I have my man but uh <laughs> uh he was busy with his um um is uh, what you call it, his uh, fantasy draft of the night. He's going to be hosting his other show tonight, so I'm joined by his boy. So, um, this is Scott Burks. Uh, uh, what's your name, brother? I'm sorry, Dwayne never gave me your name. <laughs> that's right. It's uh, Coach Scott. You can just call me Coach from uh, Sleazy Sports. Yeah, Coach, that's right. Coach, what's going on, Coach? How, like, how you been? Uh, I'm good. Thanks for having me, man. Hey, thank you for joining me on such short notice, man. I uh, appreciate it. That's, that, you know, this man's game. Um so this is technically your first time in the clown hour. So it absolutely uh, normally what I do is um, I pretty much have folks who are doing the, who are on their maiden voyage here on the, on the podcast to pretty much give a little blurb about themselves. So without you having to give me a whole thesis of your life story, um, <laughs> just give the the, the uh, listeners just a brief uh, synopsis of how you end up in the sports podcast and what pretty much drove you to this point in the first uh, place. Absolutely. Uh, I, well, I grew up in South Florida, so I was uh, born and raised down there, big-time Dolphins fan to begin with, and uh, went to Florida State. So in college, uh, uh, the Seminoles are my team and proudly uh, graduated from there. But um, as I went through, um, I was got involved in the TV world a lot, and actually I still mm-hmm. my main job. I work behind the scenes in television. And uh, just I started to – find that I had a whole lot of friends that had the same lot of interests and whether especially college and pro football and there was a there's a two or three of us that had talked about it for a while and we kind of found mm-hmm. ourselves always talking about sports in depth with each other regardless and we're like hey you know people might like to actually hear this and then we can get people to even chime in on what we're saying and find out how good or how you know stupid we are at times and uh <laughs> and it, it was just, you know, it's kind of, I've always, I've always, uh, thanks to my upbringing from my dad and my whole family and even my grandfather, loved sports, grew up in, uh, grew up going to minor league baseball games in South Florida all the time. Um, wow. That that was pre-Marlins when there wasn't the Marlins and it was just the West Palm Beach Expos and the Fort Lauderdale wow. Yankees at that time. Yeah. Um, in fact, the one thing I always say on the show is the only thing, I mean, because I'm not a Nationals fan. I'm not a normal D.C. fan, though I live in D.C. Um, and the one thing I'll say, though, and the guys always laugh about it, is that I love that they have F.P. Santangelo doing their broadcast 
because he mm-hmm. was with the West Palm Beach Expos for so long that I saw him for a bunch of years down there because he couldn't get out of single-A ball. Um, wow. But regardless, wow. uh, you know, so, so the whole synopsis just, you know, it got me into sports and, of course, going to a huge college football school. Um, I started at Florida State the year they went wire-to-wire, uh, so the Chris Wenke, Peter Warwick year, uh, 99. So uh, I got spoiled very quickly as a Seminole fan. Um, then had to live out the Chris Ricks years and whatnot. Uh, and, mm-hmm. again, it, as I got um, older, I kind of grew to appreciate every other team, not just my teams. And really, uh, you know, especially on our show ourselves, you know, we, we do NFL previews, which we're finishing this week. But we also, every week during football season, we do about half the show on college football and half of it on pro because we can't stop ourselves from talking about or ripping anything. And, it's just a passion. Mm. Well, that's great, man. So, so, so basically, you you're a Seminoles fan, and uh, you know, I, you know, I'll say I'll say this. I think that's one thing we both have in common. Uh, my mother's family mm-hmm. originated from Tallahassee, Florida. Like she grew up in Brooklyn, New York, right? She right. was only in, in 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 Tallahassee for a hot second, but. Basically, the rest, of the the majority of the family that didn't move up north to New York City and you know surrounding areas such as New Jersey and Connecticut, um, right. they stayed in Tallahassee. So, basically, when we used to visit up my great grandmother, like when I was a kid, like, like we used to go on this like several times, several times a year. Um, she like literally, if you sat on the front porch, you could see. Part of Florida State's campus, it, it, like like a, during the fall when the like a, when the leaves fell on the ground, and uh, my dad used to run on a track, you know, just run some laps in, uh, and we would go out there with them. Sometimes we see some of the football players out there just warming up and doing the training, mm-hmm. and what have you, like like during the eighties. And uh, I'm probably little, we're probably we're probably about the same age, but maybe just a little bit older than you. But at any rate. <laughs> Um, so basically I became a Florida State football fan when I was a kid and, uh, yeah, and basically, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> as a, and as a result, I didn't like the, the, the hurricanes, not, you know, I didn't like them one bit when I was growing up, but now I guess after seeing both, both the U's on 30 for 30, you know, I have sure. a good appreciation for, like, for the tradition. So basically in Florida State, Clifton and the, and you are good, then all is good in college football, and especially in the ACC. We'll get to them in a moment. Um, yep. And just real yeah. quick, the funny part—the funny part about that is that, I, like I said, I grew up in South Florida, so I actually pulled for the Hurricanes as a kid um, because uh-huh. it was—it was all that was on TV. Especially most of it was during the '80s, right. so it's—it's it's what it sure. was. Um, and then actually, my brother, who. Uh, also in the sports world helped me get into it because he uh, until recently was a sports reporter, sports anchor in a number of different um, mm. uh, uh, places in this uh, four different states he'd been in. Um, latest was in Springfield, Massachusetts with the Basketball Hall of Fame. Um, but regardless, sorry about that. Uh, so then he ended up going to Florida no, no. State about three years before I did because that was our difference in age. And Kind of within a year, I went to visit him once, and boom, I was hooked. And I, that's what got me to Florida State. And just, I mean, you know, while I watched Hurricanes growing up, I didn't have a passion for it the way all of a sudden just when I went to Florida State, it, it took my heart. Mm. Mm. Well, there you go. That's the best way to become a fan of a college team. Needless to say, you know, I, I'm originally from New York as well, but, you know, I grew up in North Carolina, like specifically in Winston-Salem. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, so the funny thing, thing with me is I grew up a fan of Florida State football, but it was all about Wake Forest basketball with me until I went to, to NC State and lay on A&T for grad school and everything else. And, and sure. as they say, the rest is history. Um, but <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of awesome college football and this awesomeness, I mean, week one is, Epic man, I mean, <laughs> look at all these, look at all these matchups. I mean, damn, you got um, LSU was.
Hey, sorry about that, man. Uh, are you, are you good. coach? I'm here. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. I got disconnected. I mean, you know, um, technology. But all I was trying to say was you got all these matchups, you know, SC, Alabama, Clemson, Auburn, you know, Auburn is not, probably not going to be all that great this year. But then, you know, you have Notre Dame, Texas, Sunday night, and then Index, and then the week upset with Florida State host up. Really, or like, a, like a, even though they've been playing Ole Miss on Mitchell Field, it's like they're hosting Ole Miss because it's still game they play in Orlando. So, yeah, it's interesting. What, 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 what are these, which of these matchups, and, this, and, and, and it doesn't have to be one of these matchups, but which matchup and which one do you have your eyes on the most? Well, you know, obviously I'm going to be paying very close attention to Florida State Ole Miss, but outside of that, because I could talk about that probably for an hour, um, what I actually really want to see, I want to see the I want to see the Oklahoma Houston game, um, and here's why: Oklahoma has had, you know so much promise. Obviously, Baker Mayfield coming back. Uh, you want to talk about the quarterback spotlight of who's probably in the Heisman race? His name is probably two or three. You know, obviously Deshaun Watson would be the first one everyone talks about, but Oklahoma has a whole lot of promise. A lot of people have them high on their list. They're ranked three in the AP right now. But the thing is, Houston. You know, Houston's the team this year, first of all, that I think mm-hmm. the Big 12 is one of those six to eight teams they're looking at to put in starting next year because the Big 12 keeps talking expansion but not actually doing anything oh, about man. it. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is with Houston, I think this is a great matchup because, first of all, if Houston takes down Oklahoma, the Big 12 is basically going to sign them right there. I mean, obviously not yeah. that day, but it's going to be like, yeah, you're in because you just beat the best we had, and we need you. But not only that, people forget how good Houston's year was last year. And, you know, I yeah. had to watch them take on Florida State in that bowl game, which, they, you know, they too. carried that game. <laughs> yeah, And they didn't lose a whole lot from that team. And, you know, I understand there's still a lower conference as of right now, but I think if Houston can pull off this upset against Oklahoma – because it's another one of these weird games that's in Houston but not at Houston because it's at NRG right. where uh, the Texans play, um, right. that if Houston can pull this somewhat of a home game off, not only will it be huge for them getting to the Big 12, not only will it put a spotlight on the fact that they beat the Big 12's best, it'll put Houston in the spotlight for the CFP immediately, and we keep trying to right. look for one of these teams from the outside of the Big Five that can break in. And I think Houston, because they have this in week one, can make such a big impact on eyes right now if they take down Oklahoma that I, I'm mm. very curious to see how this game ends up. Dude, I mean, I almost forgot about that matchup. O, 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 OU and Houston. Man, yeah. that's, that's going to be epic, too. I think that's at noon as well. I think that's noon kickoff. I think what you're uh, yeah, noon ABC, kickoff. one of those. Uh, I think that one's on. I, I think that one's on ABC. ABC, okay, right, 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 right. It's on ABC, but that is it's going to be an epic, wonderful, wonderful weekend. Yeah. I mean, week one is going to be off the chain. I'll say this, brother. Um, speaking of Houston, yeah, Houston. This is this is pretty much a two-game season for Houston uh, mm-hmm. because aside from Oklahoma, they play Louisville later in the year, and the way. Lamar Jackson looking for is looking for Louisville tonight. I know they play Charlotte at home. I know it's a pretty much a glorified walkover, but dude has a counter. It's fifty six to seven, by the way. But there was fifty six to nothing at halftime. How about Jackson accounted for six touchdown passes and two touchdowns rushing? That's that's Absolutely. that's not badass. I don't know what. It is. And, and and again, this is the second reference we had to the ACC. We'll get to. the Surely when we do our conference by conference previews. Um, but, yeah, if, if Houston pulls those two games off and holds serve and, and uh, I almost call it conference, you say, uh, and the uh, athletic conference, uh, the American Athletic, they might be a playoff team. They should be a playoff team, and they probably will be a playoff team. So, yeah, so that's going to be huge. And it's going to be huge for Oklahoma and the rest of the 12 too. Because Oklahoma, they're the only ones playing the big boys this season, mm-hmm. maybe outside of Texas, and which means that they're probably the best chance 
the Big 12 has as a representative of the college football playoff once again. Because if you look at the rest of the teams, I mean, sure, like Oklahoma State plays Pitt at home, they're power five. But, I mean, Baylor, TCU, especially Baylor, TCU, I mean, in Kansas State, yeah, I think Kansas State's plan will be playing um, some someone from the from the Pac-12. I think Stanford, yeah, they play Stanford. But I mean, who? But 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 I mean, no one in the moment going to expect Kansas State to win at Stanford. So um, Oklahoma is the, the the last hope, the last great hope of the conference. And let's speak of the conference. Let's just let's just, just cut to the chance of Big Twelve. Do they know what the hell they're doing? I mean, do they know what they want? I mean, it's like if, if this if this, if this expansion thing is like a, a a reality show, dating show, it will be blowing the ratings through the roof. It's just insane, man. Houston, where Houston? Where's the weirdest place you'd like to make whoopee? Um, but no, as in from the dating game shows. But um, look, yeah. here, here's the one thing about the Big Twelve, and the one thing that's killed them from what we've seen every single year, and the reason they should, if they're going to add teams, they should they should have done it before this season, nevertheless by next season, because that championship game is screwing them so badly because yeah. they have added some of their last matchups of the year, which are all the conference matchups in that last week. They've pushed it back where they have some of those during conference championship week. thing is, mm. no one's paying attention to them. So even if the top right. teams are playing each other in the Big 12, no one's caring because mm-hmm. all of a sudden Florida State is playing North Carolina for the ACC and Alabama is playing Florida or Georgia or whoever for the SEC. And it, everyone's watching those as in if the winner wins, they're definitely in. If the loser wins, do they hop because they just beat that team? And the Big 12 does not get that at all. And, yeah, I mean, it's a great question. What are they doing? Because – I mean, you know, they said they had this huge list, which last week, like I said, last week they came out and said, we're down to six or eight teams. Are you kidding me? Just pick. (laughs) You know Houston's got to be there. I mean, Houston locality and how good they've become has to be on that list. And then, I mean, and this is a conversation we could have longer. I won't go into it too much, but obviously there's a ton of other teams that they've talked about, including some of the other minor Florida teams and whatnot, and – I just think they, they've got to make a decision because the Big 12 needs that championship game because right now where only four teams get in anyways, a conference is getting screwed. And if you look at all the conferences right now and how many good teams you have at the top of all of them, the Big 12, you're right, yep. doesn't have that glory. And then it, it can't show it off in that last week by having their best take, take on their potentially second-best team to make it then into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's the thing. I mean, let's just let's just be honest. Like, can we be real for a minute? Um, mm-hmm. I don't expect the Big Twelve to be to be in existence past ten years. Like ten years from now. I, I, I mean, well, I'll say it this way: past like five years. I, I don't see them in existence after five years. I mean, because let's just say. I mean, first of all, as far as Houston goes, you make great points. But also keep in mind that not only did the this Texas State governor for Houston, so that it's uh, lieutenant governor. So you know they're getting them regardless. I mean, they're going to shoot mm-hmm. one in. Uh, right. I live in Cincinnati, and you know, I, for selfish reasons, even though I don't have a dog in the fight, I would love to see the, the, the Bearcats host the likes of OU, Texas, Texas Tech, TCU, Kansas State. I mean, who wouldn't? And still, and probably still Houston, but. Then again, I mean, it's it's not like it's, it's enhancing the uh, 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 inventory, <laughs> if you will, <laughs> especially if they're going to expand by four teams instead of just two. So they only have – they did the Big 12 only have themselves to blame. Uh, there's just poor leadership. That's what happens when you, when you let one school, uh, Texas, run the show. And oh, yeah. um, I don't think Oklahoma's going to stand for it. Texas really doesn't give a damn. So <laughs> you have left. I still can't believe they. I still can't believe they all run under the Longhorn Network. That's what kills me. Yeah, yeah, that's what's killing the conference. So again, yeah. that's just speaks to poor leadership. I mean, you can't be mad at Texas because hell, if someone offers you a cool fifteen million per year, 
without having to do a whole hell of a lot, who would turn that down? <laughs> you can't be mad at Texas. I mean, that. I mean, they're, they're, they're the typical tax, uh, capitalist. Now, I'm a capitalist at heart, and I get it. So <laughs> I'm not mad at Texas at all. It's just poor leadership from the top. Um, since we're about to preview the, the five, five, five conferences, let's just start with the Big 12. So I have Oklahoma winning the Big 12. I think they're the best team in the Big 12 on paper. And I think TCU may give them a run for second place, even though they lost this star quarterback for last year in the field of pieces, but they're so well coached and that uh, you can't really count those guys out. And Texas should be better. I mean, hope, hoping so because I really like Charlie Strong. But um, I see Oklahoma taking it home. Who, like, who do you have one of the uh, – I mean, I'm sorry, the, the Big 12? Yeah, I mean, the only thing I worry about is that Oklahoma's non-conference schedule is so ridiculously good. How beat up are they going to get in those games – to then take on their conference games. Um, right. You know, I, I think I think TC is an interesting one to watch just because they got Kenny Hill there now, which everybody remembers back from Texas A&M. Kenny and Trill. It, it, yep. Yeah, Kenny Trill. And it, it could be a show. And TCU, we've seen them put numbers on offense in the past like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if mm-hmm. they have the defense quite to keep up. Um, again, and, and you look at the team and – yeah, not exactly as big right now, but you look at Baylor, who has a non-league schedule, get, get this, of Northwestern State, SMU, oh, and Rice. Lord. All right, Jeez. now, yeah, I, I mean, I hate teams that do this, and that that's my biggest gripe that I'll always have with the SEC, that there's two of those games every year. But that's a whole other right. conversation. Um so I think Baylor is a possibility. I do agree that Oklahoma, on paper and overall, should be the winner here. Um, but I think this whole this for the first time in a long time, and it's, it's an early game, obviously, because it's always in the beginning of October. But I think the Red River Shootout, or you know, now known more politically as the Red River Rivalry, uh, is going to mean that much to this conference. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the winner of that game enters uh, then leads this conference and I I mean Texas is still a bit of a dark horse obviously haven't had a great season but I like what Charlie Strong has done there and they've built up a lot I think um that they have a shot if they can take down Oklahoma and don't forget they did mm-hmm. it last year um yes, if they right. if they can do it, if they can do it a second year in a row um and with how much improved and their second top ten recruiting in this past year. I think they were seventh this year. They were ten the year before. Um, they they improved yeah. their weakest spots in linebacker and on D line uh, with a few five star players. Uh, I think they got a great shot. And I think I, I mean I'll agree with you in saying Oklahoma just because they should win this on paper. But if Texas ends up mm-hmm. winning that game, then I would have the Longhorns going and actually winning the Big Twelve for the first time in a long wow. time. Wow, wow, that's bold. Uh, let's get to our beloved conference, the Atlanta Coach Conference, ACC. <laughs> um, I fluctuated back and forth of the title game participants, um, and I'm probably going to change my mind again later on. But <laughs> I have right now Clemson playing North Carolina in, you know, in, the, in, you know, in the rematch of last year's title game, coming title game, mm-hmm. Clemson going on top again. But here's my put to shut up for the season. Louisville is going to crash the party. They're going to crash the Clemson-Florida State stranglehold, not only in the Atlanta Division, but in the ACC. Look at the schedule. First of all, look at that squad. They they returned a lot of cats from last year as a Florida State, as do Clemson on the offensive side. But this kid, Lamar Jackson, is the truth. He is. He's the truth. He's like the Sean Watson light. No disrespect to uh, Jackson, but he is legit. And then you look at their schedule. Sure, they sure they get um, uh, Houston on the road later in the season. Houston's a damn good squad, but they get Florida State at home and on, the, on prime time on Thursday night game. That's going to be huge. If Louisville beats Florida State, and I think they can, and I believe it or not, I think they will. Then you we're we're going to be looking at three ten plus ten plus win teams in one yeah. division, which only the SEC West could only could could like to speak to that. 
I mean, I think it's going to be epic. I think Louisville is a legit dark horse. And, again, I expect them to crash the party. I mean, I don't think they'll beat Clemson, like, because they, they have to go to Clemson this year. Yep. So it's going to be really tough for them. But, hey, I expect Louisville to be a 10-win team. I expect Florida State to be a 10-win team. And I obviously expect Clemson to be a 10-plus-win team. And as far as the Coastal Division, I mean, hell, outside of North Carolina, this is a total crap shoot. I do like Pitt. Keep it out on Pitt. Pitt has a lot of that cats coming back. Pat Narduzzi, he's a Michigan State guy. He has a defense play out of his mind. They're strong on both sides of uh, both sides of the ball in terms of the trenches, the offensive line, defensive line, and this it just, and, and also Miami with with um, with Mark, uh, Rick. Mark Rick, kind of like coming back to coaches. I'm a model. He's a damn good coach. Averaged over ten wins a year, at least ten wins a year at Georgia. I mean, it's going to be bananas in ACC, but I, but I think it's going to be Clemson. And maybe North Carolina and the Coastal. I, I fluctuate. I may change my mind and say Pitt. But look for Carolina to come out on top because they just got too much firepower on offense. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and before I talk about those other teams you just mentioned, let me, let me mention one dark horse here because I, I kind of like to go that way when I'm thinking about these conferences. Um, yeah. A team no one's thinking about because they've been pretty bad and they're in a terrible division. Not a terrible, but they're in the Atlantic, which doesn't help anybody. Boston College. Um, I, I think people have to pay attention this year because they had a couple bowl appearances, and then last year basically just fell off a cliff. Um, the thing is, they brought a New York O coordinator. They still have a very good defense, and they get back Darius Wade. Um who was their quarterback the year before. He missed nine games after breaking his ankle last year, and I think he's mm-hmm. a game-changer for Boston College. Again, I don't think Boston College is going to win the division, but I think they're going to give teams a lot more fits and be at least a bowl-caliber team this year compared to last year. Um, now, what? With what you were saying, okay. I mean, I agree with a lot of it. It, it. It's kind of hard for me to not think that Clemson or Florida State comes out of this conference like everybody, for the most part, out there. Um, I agree, Louisville is scary. Um, scary in mm-hmm. a good way, obviously. Uh, you were right, they, mm-hmm. they, return 18, they return 18 starters this year. Um, that is crazy. I mean, that, that's the most in the ACC and probably one of the most in all of college football. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, the thing is, you were talking about the Florida State-Clemson game. Um, they host Florida State on Thursday night, but they have that those games, two games apart, um, uh, they, they host Florida State, they travel to Marshall, and then they travel to Clemson. And I'm just kind of curious what kind of mindset on a Thursday night that game's going to end up being in. I'm not saying they're not going to bring it. I'm not saying Lamar Jackson isn't phenomenal because obviously he is. And, yes, I want to see him play someone better than a two-win team from Conference USA. But, you know, mm-hmm. regardless, again, not even thinking about that. Um, Louisville is going to be a tough team. And, yeah, it, the Atlantic is a three-team race um, with yep. Louisville in there. Uh, I mean, you, mm-hmm. you mentioned, obviously, Clemson, and everyone can talk about Clemson because everybody's favorite quarterback in the Heisman race is here, Deshaun Watson. Um, he was the absolute best player in that championship game last year. I know who won, mm-hmm. but Deshaun Watson <laughs> was the best thing and best player in that game. Um, and they're returning 11 of their starters. The problem I have with Clemson this year is that they only have, and I know they had a great recruiting class again at number six, uh, but they're only returning three defensive starters. Um, mm. I've never worried about Clemson scoring points. Ever since uh, Dabo has built this team up, Clemson can score like nothing else, and they still have a ton to go with Deshaun Watson. they got Wayne Gilman coming back at running back. Uh, the, their receiver they like a lot, Artavis Scott, is there. Um, and Jordan mm-hmm. Leggett, uh, probably, um, probably I can call right now, but your Mackey Award winner at tight end, Jordan Leggett. Um, mm-hmm. Clemson it's has tough. all it's this. Uh, yeah, it, you know, Clemson has all this stuff uh, on offense. But whenever there's been a time that their defense struggles, that's when their team as a whole struggles. And remember the two games that they're traveling to. One that's not thought of as big. But they're traveling to Georgia Tech for the first time in a long time. And you know how Georgia Tech likes to give teams fits at home? Clemson has yeah. not won at Georgia Tech since 2003. 
Now, granted, wow. they don't play there every year, but that's a long time. And Georgia Tech, as we saw, sadly, as Florida State fans last year, brings a different type of game than anybody else does, and they bring it at home hard. Yeah. And, of course, yeah. also, Clem- also Clemson is, as we know, is traveling to Florida State as well. And they haven't won in Tallahassee since 2006. These are two tough matchups, and these are going to be two really good offenses that have a lot to prove. And, and again, Clemson, I more worry about what can they stop. Because that's what happened even, what was it, uh, three years ago, the year Sean McGuire stepped in to play against Clemson because Jameis Winston was uh, was suspended for the game. And they were still able to put up a bunch of points. Got a little lucky at the end, but they still put up a bunch of points against Clemson. Sorry, And then Clemson built themselves up, had a really stout defense last year, and now most of them are gone. doesn't mean the recruits mm-hmm. can't play defense. It just takes time, and you're putting a lot of freshmen and sophomores out there against uh, a lot coming back. Because, again, you look at Florida State. Again, Florida State, it was supposed to be a rebuilding year last year. They went 10-3. and three. It, it, I mean, and 10-2 yeah. and two in the regular season. It's kind of hard to argue against that in a rebuilding year. Um, Florida State know, has right? 17. <laughs> and Florida State has 17 ret- starting return, uh, starters returning, not to mention – all 11 offensive starters are back. And obviously we're going to see a different starter at quarterback. Uh, DeAndre Francois is going to be starting in uh, in place of what was Sean McGuire because McGuire had an ankle injury. Plus, I think most people see McGuire as a backup to begin with, and no one ever thought right. he'd have the reins anyways. But um, And then obviously Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook healthy is arguably, because there's three or four of them at this point, Arguably the best back in college football. Now we can talk about Fournette, we can talk about McCaffrey, hold you know everybody else. But the way that guy not only can find a hole and go up the middle, the way he breaks away, I haven't seen out of a back in a really really long time. Problem is, of course, every mm-hmm. time he's run a ball, we're always worried about he's grabbing his legs. Um, and you know, again, they had a great recruiting class as well. Um, yeah, but. <laughs> And, of course, everyone's looking at uh, preseason All-American uh, Derwin James at safety. Uh, defensive end Josh Sweat is back, too. I mean, these are two guys that you're going to hear a lot from this year. I mean, we heard, we heard a lot from them last year as true freshmen. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay, so anyways, back to – I'll hone down on that. But anyways, it's hard for me to think that Louisville is going to end up winning this division. Yeah. Um, okay, I, I right, think they can right. give Florida State a threat, but I think Jimbo will have it up for that uh, up for that Thursday night. Um, then, yeah, the Clemson game will be interesting as well. Because uh, also, I'm kind of curious with Lamar Jackson. If you make him one dimensional, can he handle that? And mm. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if we'll see him have to be one dimensional until they play Florida State and Clemson, because they'll do something right. to make him change his game up. Um, so it comes to the Florida State Clemson game, and the only reason I'm giving it, and I know they're my team, but to Florida State is the fact that they're playing at Doak, the fact that they're playing in Tallahassee. Yeah. Um, for yeah. whatever reason, Clemson has issues there, and I think both teams are going to put up a lot of points. And like I said, I just think at some point Florida State can make a stop with all their defenders coming back and how good their defense should be. And Clemson, at some point, is not going to be able to stop anybody. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, you look at the Coastal, which almost becomes irrelevant. Uh, it, it seems like it's North Carolina's to lose. It, it really does. I mean, you know, uh, Elijah Hood, the running back there, is going to pretty much hold it up. Um, and I don't know. Uh, you know, the, their issues is they do have game. They travel to FSU this year. They travel to Miami this year, which should be a pretty good game. Obviously, they play uh, UGA this week in the opener, which is another one of those big games in opening weekend. Um, mm-hmm. I I I think they're definitely getting up there, but yeah, I mean, out of North Carolina, I think maybe if everything comes together for Miami, it could. But I think Miami's a year away, especially with the fact that they had to um, dismiss their two best defensive players, uh, Muhammad and Grace. Um, that that happened just last week in Miami, so I think the that's a big problem for them because um, defensively they don't have the depth yet. 
And while Mark Richt, I think in a year or two, will have that team in a much better place, uh, I don't think they're quite going to be there this year. Um, then Pitt has a great defense. always wonder how they're going to score points. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be – I think the championship game is going to be this year North Carolina versus Florida State. Um, and, I mean, I still think no matter what, the champion comes out of the Atlantic. So i got to think Florida State's going to win it just because all that returning power and all those All-Americans and – five-star players they've got on the field now. It's just ridiculous. Dude, yeah, so let's – yeah, this is going to be bananas to see this year. So let's move quickly to your boy, um, to your – like to the other conferences, uh, the, like the Big Ten. I'm sorry, Wolverine fans, but your, but your squad is going to be living down to expectations, if you will, because – I don't think – I mean, Michigan's going to be good. I, I really love what Coach Jim Harbaugh is doing. They got folks talking about Wolverine football again. But until they can beat Ohio State and Michigan State, I don't see it happening. I, I, I don't see them winning the the uh, Big 12, let alone the uh, their own division. So, I mean, I, I'm sorry, the Big 10, let alone their right. own division. I think Ohio State's going to repeat because Michigan gets Ohio State and Michigan State on the road. They're not winning those games until they prove that they can. And I know that Ohio State's young, but last I checked, they're still coached by a dude named Urban Meyer. Never count Urban Meyer in any game. So, or yep. even Michigan State, for that matter, and Mark D'Antonio. So, I, I have Ohio State winning the East. I have, get this, I have Nebraska. Coming back like out of the ghost, out of the shower. And, and, and up in Iowa to win the West, but I have Ohio State taking home the Big Ten title. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You hear so many people talking about, uh, which obviously I think we'll get to shortly, but about um, who the conference, uh, who the college football playoff teams are going to be this year. And I've seen in so mm-hmm. many different polls two ACC teams, obviously two we talked about a lot, Clemson and Florida State both making it, saying right. that was a close game and basically they blow out every other team they play or at least win convincingly. Um, I think this is the case that there's the slight chance that ha- that would happen with them or the SEC. Um, the Big 12, we already mentioned, is going to struggle. I think the Big 10, if Ohio State loses a game and if Michigan State loses a game, I think the Big 10 is going to have a problem getting the team in. Um, I, I mean, I agree with you in the fact that I think Ohio State's, State's still, still, bleh, still the team to beat. Um, the only thing I worry about that's a weird fact is Urban Meyer took this team over in 2012, and mm-hmm. they, and Ohio State has won the conference one time. Mm. It's mm. it doesn't make sense because we've seen how great they are and they've won a championship and all that, but they've won the conference once. Um, do I think that means they can't win it? Obviously not. Um, Ohio State is full of talent, and JT Barrett is not going to have anybody, you know, sitting on his shoulders this year trying to get in the game since Cardale is gone. Um, but, I mean, so I think Ohio State's there. I agree with you on Michigan, too. I, there's so much buzz about Michigan, and I like Jim Harbaugh as a coach, but I just don't understand why the buzz is now. I think it's too early. Um, I think he's mm-hmm. still building that team. I think they're getting better. We've seen that team buy into his him last year, but I think he still needs a mm-hmm. little bit more talent to get to that place where he can really compete and actually take down Ohio State. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I will take uh, Ohio State to win there. And actually, I agree with you. The, the team I was going to talk about immediately was Nebraska in the, in the West. Um, it, it's funny because – you know, last year was their first losing season since 1969. And it, and it, it relied on two big plays, which was the Hail Mary against BYU and uh, that overtime loss to Miami. And those changed, mm-hmm. they'd at least have a winning season. Nevertheless, instead of, uh, what was it, six and seven, so at six and six, they would have been eight and four. Um, I think this team, yeah. uh, I think this team has a lot. I, I think. They're also switching from a pro. They've switched from a spread style to a pro style offense, which caters to their quarterback Tommy Armstrong. So I think they have a great chance. And also, I'm kind of curious. And I know they're in the East, but to watch Penn State, um, they they've started building mm, up too. Year, I think Penn, Penn State. I think Penn State could finish nine and three, possibly even ten and two, if they get a big win. 
Otherwise, I knew they were about 9-3. But, yeah, I got Nebraska-Ohio State, and I, I've got to figure out, again, Ohio State's going to win it just because that team has so much talent right now. But that also tells me Urban's probably on his way out in a year or two from what we've seen. <laughs> <laughs> because he gets tired and it's the same time as family again. I know I shouldn't sound yep. like that, but at any rate, we can. <laughs> um, so <laughs> let's move on to the Pac-12. Very uh, Dallas Conference, that's the good news for Pac-12 fans. Bad news is it's going to cannibalize itself once again, and as a result, keep another squad that's champion out of the playoffs. But I have Stanford beating UCLA. I'll be shocked if, if, the, if the winner of the Pac-12 has fewer than three losses. So that's why I don't have any of them uh, representing the conference in the college football playoffs. But should be good. It should be very competitive. But, yeah, I, 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 I think – going to be Stanford, probably a three-law Stanford team winning the Pac-12. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to think. Um, I mean, and it's funny, in the Pac-12, you think of all the stars and you think of offense. Um, I definitely think the team to watch is UCLA. Um, yep. I, I mean, I know they got a big game, plus um, – but obviously, you know, Josh Rosen is a true freshman, had a great year. Uh, really proved that mm-hmm. he was uh, what they needed, um, and, and the big and they got uh, Texas A&M this weekend, which is going to be a big game because it's down at Kyle Field. Uh, I think if mm-hmm. UCLA wins that game, it actually could propel themselves to a different level. Um, which at that point, I would like UCLA uh, coming out of the South. Um, though I think it re- I don't want to say it relies on that game because obviously it's not a conference game, and the bigger one's going to be against USC. On uh, November nineteenth, but um, I'll still say UCLA just because I think they have the best quarterback and best all-around team right now in the South. Um, mm-hmm. The the, nor- the North again is a different beast. Uh, I mean, you always look at Oregon and Stanford, and uh, you got to figure. I mean, Cal's offense is okay, but not good enough to really compete here yet. Um, Mm-hmm. I keep think I keep thinking Washington's going to do something just because of Chris Peterson being their head coach still there, and for everything he did for Boise, I got to feel like he's going to actually build Washington at some point, and it just isn't quite getting there. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, but I got to go on the the side of you know I think East, I think the winner will have at least a loss. I don't know about three losses. I think possibly two, but I think I got a Stanford UCLA championship match and. Just based on probably the best overall player in the country, Christian McCaffrey, I'll have Stanford taking down UCLA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, speaking of Christian McCaffrey, we'll wrap up the Pac-12 talk with this. Derek Henry should give back, to, should give this trophy, have trophy to Christian McCaffrey. And that's another <laughs> podcast in uh, itself, which has all sorts of social ramifications on it. But you know what I'm getting at. He Absolutely. had no business. I mean, Chris McCaffrey had no business losing that. And being a third runner-up, no way. That It was just straight pitiful. But, again, that's another podcast for another time. And I'll probably <laughs> get to it later this year. So, mark my word on that. Let's move on to um, the, I think, the last one, the last of Power 5, the SEC, a.k.a. the Beast. Uh, well, we can skip that, I, right? I, I'm sorry? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said yeah, we, we can, can skip, skip them, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I wish. But, shoot, I mean, those guys are too good. I have Alabama, big shocker, winning the, win the SEC, and I have them beating Tennessee. But Tennessee's not looking all that great tonight. Against uh, no. Down 13-6 to six in the fourth quarter, which is hilarious to me. It just seems like Tennessee always falls far short of their – of their preseason expectations. Yep. Um, and and, and having, people have a nerve to talk about the quarterback Josh Dobbs being just as good at gaps, not even or even better than Deshaun Watson, which I, I laugh at that. I mean, those folks need to be drug tested, whoever said that. But I, I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Georgia wins the East. It would surprise me if Florida wins the East. So. Right. That's all fluid right now. The East, the East, the East one is kind of fluid right now. I got Tennessee for now, but they don't look good at all. And, and, but at any rate, it'll, it'll make some smooth sledding for Alabama to win the SEC and go back to the college football playoffs. 
Well, I mean, I will say this. Like, every year everyone mentions the SEC, and I have a pretty much hate-hate relationship with the SEC. Um, But, (laughs) you know, I've admitted on our show a number of times that the SEC is the best conference, especially until proven otherwise. But I keep saying every year that the gap is closing. And we get Mm -hmm. these SEC fans. And don't tell me how you could – I don't understand how you could be an SEC fan. Like – if Miami wins a championship, I'm not saying, yay, we won a championship because they're in the ACC. Like, Alabama won the championship, and people from LSU, people from Georgia, people from Florida were like, oh, yeah, the SEC won, we're the best. No, Alabama won a championship. But anyways, that's another great – sorry. Um, <laughs> that's all right. So, well, Auburn fans so, will actually disagree because Auburn fans were actually mad that Alabama won it. <laughs> so <laughs> if you hear them tell it. So and and people from from Auburn from Alabama, when Auburn played Florida State in the national championship game, the last UCS championship game, yep. they were pulling hard against against Auburn. So <laughs> you know it's all normal but, as far as those two playing versus are concerned. But bringing it all into one of what I was trying to say is that you know the East has kind of been a right. mess as we've seen. And I think it pretty yeah. much still is, and I agree. I don't know who's coming out of it. It could be Tennessee if they shape up like they're supposed to. Uh, no one expected Florida, and truthfully, I don't think it's going to happen twice. So I don't think Florida's going to do it again. But they're going to get mm-hmm. who knows. Uh, Jim McElwain obviously knows what he's doing. Um, and, yeah, Georgia with Kirby Smart taking over at the helm, I don't, I don't know exactly what we're going to get out of Georgia. Um, they're, they're a team that always seems to have promise and just kind of all of a sudden fail when they might have the best running back in the conference in Nick Chubb. Um, so mm-hmm. the East is kind of a mess. Um, if I have to make a pick coming out of the East, I'll say, I guess I'll say Georgia, because I have issues mm-hmm. with Tennessee or saying, like, and again, as much as I dislike Florida for my person, for my own personal reasons, it's hard for me to think that they're going to win two years in a row. Um, right. So I'll say Georgia coming out The West, yeah, and this is my problem with it Everyone says the SEC is the best Tell me three teams in the SEC West That have a chance to win the SEC West There's not There's right. two Right. There's two right. There's two teams in the SEC And then all the rest That You can say that same thing about every other conference in the nation There are two teams on top And the rest There may be some teams that are going to give those teams trouble. There may be some teams that are going to have a chance. But there are two teams, and that's Alabama and LSU. So, obviously, that comes down to the game on November 5th. Um, And I I would love to see Alabama lose. But, yeah, you know, LSU just can't get it done. Um, Yeah. You know, as long as it's not another 6-3 to game between those two teams, I'm okay with that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm excited to see what Leonard Fournette can do. Problem is, if he's being stopped, can Brandon Harris handle the load on offense? I don't know. And granted, with Alabama, their whole offense has changed. And, you know, obviously Derrick Henry's gone. Uh, so who is it? Bo Scarborough, who's got a lot of love. Mm-hmm. I believe he's supposed to be the starter. Uh, Cooper Bateman's taken over at quarterback. We don't know a whole lot about him yet. Um, yeah. But who knows? And – Actually, you know what? I'm going to change that. I'm going to say that uh, this game's at LSU. It's a dangerous stadium to play. I'll say LSU actually comes out of the West. Because um, oh, wow. it's, it's one of those two teams, and I think Alabama, even though they're so good still and have so much talent, I think they're so young that LSU is able to get the best of them this year, especially down in LSU, uh, down in yeah. Louisiana. So I'll take LSU, and obviously whoever comes out of the West there, though I have winning. So LSU knocking off Georgia to win the SEC. All right, we'll get you out on here, brother. That's Bo, by the way. But we'll, we'll get you out on this. I have well, who's going to win it all. Like I have, I know it's going to sound boring. I have Alabama beating Clemson in a rematch of last year's championship game. Since you have LSU coming out of the SEC, I suspect that'd be a bit different. So who do you have winning all this year? Oh man. <laughs> To be honest, I, I mean, I have not even completely thought of that yet. But doesn't mean I'm not going to be bold and make a pick. Um, yeah. You know, I have 
if I was thinking my four, I got to think right now probably something like Florida State, Ohio State, LSU, and I'm even going to say Stanford. But I'm also on the basis that two teams from a conference can't make it. I kind of hate two teams from a conference making it. I kind of think the conference yeah. champion should should be the one going. Um, but I think, uh, let's say, Florida State knocks off Stanford, LSU knocks off Ohio State. You see FSU versus LSU. And I want to be a homer, and I think FSU, FSU, if they get great play, or if they get pretty good play out of DeAndre Francois, they're going to be very tough for anybody to beat, but to not be a homer and to at least least give the SEC a little love, which I never do, I will say LSU and Leonard Fournette run away with it because he is just the absolute best pure running back in the NCAA. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. And with that, we'll close this rather impressive showing <laughs> by the coach and the clown. So we'll, I'll think we'll, we'll have you back, brother, and I'll give your boy, your co-host, uh, your co-partner in crime, Dwayne Nash, a little endorsement. Thank you very much for joining me, bro. I really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, yeah thanks that. for having me. Thanks right, for having yeah, me. That's my man, Coach from Sleeping Red. Please check him out on Sports uh, on Blog Talk Radio. Um, you know, good, good, a good show every Tuesday night. Um, so check, check him out there. Yeah, man, this college football season is, is just off the chain. I mean, the week one is going to be really off the chain. I'm just going to just warm myself up for four hours Saturday, uh, this Saturday, this coming Saturday uh, afternoon to see these games. I mean, Oklahoma, Houston, I mean, <laughs> USC, Alabama, LSU, Wisconsin from Lambeau Field. Old Miss, Florida State to wrap things up on, my, on Monday night, preceded by Notre Dame, Texas. Awesome. Anyway, thanks for joining me, the clown. This is Scott Perks. Uh, enjoy your college football weekend, folks. 06, y'all. Good night. <laughs>